following program is pre-recorded. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. And on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. Well, June, I'm mad. Well, I'm <laughs> oh, not. you are. I'm not at the now, moment, which, actually. Which kind of mad? <laughs> right. I'm not at the moment, but let's say I was. Uh, were, and mm-hmm. Okay. It's, um, and so that we find ourselves in times where... Uh, every once in a while where we're upset at something or frustrated or well, let's mm. just use the right word, angry at mm-hmm. something and we are still angry and yet we find we need to confront something, we need to, to seek some forgiveness, reconciliation, whatever it is in that situation. And so how do we do that? Even though we, we are still angry, how do we go about doing that um, appropriately? Mm. Well, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. How effective is it if you're, I'm going to make it this way, very personal. If, let's say, your your wife comes to you and she's wanting to confront something, of something that you've done, mm-hmm. and she comes to you in anger, how, how effective is that? I can say from the other side, knowing when I've done that, it uh, it really destroys credibility, and it doesn't mm. leave mm-hmm. anybody open to trying to work things out. Yeah. So how we confront in what with what spirit makes all the difference in the world, um, I think at issue, you, you can have genuine... Anger. Anger can be the the four causes that we identify are hurt, injustice, fear, and frustration. And sometimes it's a combination of those four causes for anger. But what we know is if we're trying to deal with a, a, a relationship in a healthy way, um, we're asked to put away our anger, meaning well, there, there are multiple passages. Now, the Bible does say, be angry, but do not sin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is that a conflict? No. In other words, the anger you could have could be justified by virtue of just violation of whatever you're needing to confront. But that's where you you say, okay, if I have anger, what is the cause? And then now, what do I do about it? And this is where we are are very clear. Well, I'll say the Bible is clear to instruct us about uh, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because... Human anger does not produce the righteousness mm-hmm. that God desires. So that means just because you feel something, anger, you don't immediately, in fact, the Bible even says there's a time to speak and a time to be silent. And so what what we see is the, the concept of 
how we are to be with others. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So that's Proverbs 15, the very first verse. And so what I'm saying is, uh, yeah, you can be, as you said, mad about something, Mm -hmm. angry, because of, let's say, it's a violation. Somebody has done something that you know is wrong. But I would, number one, uh, say, God, you know, talk to God about the situation. Tell him honestly how you feel. The Bible says, give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. And that's when you've You've given it to him. This is Psalm fifty-five, twenty-two. Now, if you are saying, God, I need wisdom. I need you to literally prepare my heart and prepare my words. And um, you, you reflect on God's character. When you remember God does not treat you with anger, uh, it can soften your heart toward the other person to realize lashing out is not what God even tells us to do. Because, um, you know, there's so much that we can read and learn um, about God's Word to help us. Specifically, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. That's Psalm 145, verse 8. So, look at his character. Realize God has given you power through the Spirit of God to control your anger. In fact, the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is, and then it's love, joy, peace, and the last is self-control. That's Galatians 5. And then pray the Lord will guard your mouth. I love this scripture, and I have used this for me. It's set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And I prayed this when I knew there was injustice that had taken place. But I needed to be, I needed to be controlled by the Lord. Take, it's, again, Set guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Psalm 141. If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their life. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we'd like to thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. Now, if you have any questions about tonight's topics, really any number of topics, we have over 100 keys for living to help you address what's going on in your life. Just call our customer support team. They'd be happy to help you and point you in the right direction for those resources. They're available at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. Let me recommend to you the keys for living, as June was speaking about the topic of anger a moment ago. The keys called Anger Facing the Fire Within. And that, and as I said, many other titles are available by calling customer support at 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Well, we want to get to our caller for tonight, and we have uh, listening on uh, the BOT radio network in Kansas tonight. We welcome back a caller from just a little bit ago, our caller Rick. Oh, Rick, so delighted that you're, that we're going to be able to talk together again uh, how can we help you? Hey, Rick. Well, technology, sometimes that's a challenge here. Um, well, you know, we talked with Rick. I'll, I'll tell you what we talked about, and then I'm assuming that we're going to be able to uh, get him back. But um, he was uh, wanting to do what was best in regard to his situation, uh, meaning um, he had only uh, dated somebody for six weeks and then married. And uh, so now he indicated that uh, his wife would get angry and belittle him and had cutting words. Okay, you with me, Rick? I am with you. Thanks for All having right. me back, June. You're so welcome. I I remember our call. Uh, you were really wanting to do uh, to, to to know what to do in regard to uh, the relationship. With your wife, so how 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 did it go after our conversation? Um, what what um, 
where where are things right now? Even though it, we only talked about a week ago. Yeah, it's been a week. Um, I, I followed your advice. I went home. I uh, I asked her if she would forgive me and that we could be able to move forward. Um, and I apologized for saying that you know I wanted a person using that as like some type of leverage. And we've been doing a lot better. Uh, we fight sometimes, but anger hasn't really surfaced up as much just because, uh, at least with me, because I don't really have anything to be angry about. Like, she gets mm. kind of upset about some things. But at this moment, I, I don't got anything pent up. We talked about it, got it out. I think that's an important thing is to get it out of your Good. mind so you don't explode. Good. Good, good. What was the most helpful that you think you did uh, if you had to pick one thing since uh, we talked? The most helpful thing I did was probably just sit down and talk to her and get, get her side of things, get my side of things. Instead of arguing it out, listen to them. And, mm-hmm. and and get my own my own opinions out so we can kind of come together. I think that's kind of what's been happening is we're fighting each other. It's not it's not a teamwork process. It's like you versus me, and I'm mad, you're mad, and then we're just mm. both mad. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what you're talking about is like two porcupines. I want you to imagine here's a porcupine, and here's another porcupine, and once. The uh, barbs uh, go out, you know, where the, they're very prickly. Uh, it, can you imagine two porcupines trying to dance oh, yeah. together <laughs> when when their quills are out? Uh, it doesn't work. So sometimes you have to wait. You have to be wise. Uh, God will give you patience when you're yielded to him and just say, you know, what is most loving for me to do? Now, what I mean by loving, love does what's best in behalf of the other person. And many times it is to bring up things that are uh, causing difficulty. But how we do it makes all the difference in the world. If you come with a with dagger in hand, that you know all you're going to get is, is defensiveness. It's not going to work. So, um, I'm impressed with what you said you did. That it was talking it out, not arguing it out. Arguing is just going to get you nowhere. So that yeah, is being a wise husband. So. What would you like for us to deal with specifically this evening? Okay, last last time we talked a lot about anger in general. Uh, tonight I kind of want to talk more about specific anger that I deal with. Um, and And that is like not being, like in the moment, if someone, someone, anyone is being rude or mean, it is very hard to do that, you know, the scripture that says be angry and do not sin. So I kind of mm-hmm. want to talk about how to be angry and not sin. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So somebody is being rude. Um, go on and, and even paint that picture even more. Okay, I've written down rude. That's, that's uh, okay. offensive, by the way. Yeah. Okay, so paint, paint more of the picture. Especially okay. if you want to um, just give me a scenario. That's great. Okay, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you a scenario. Raised um, in a family of that respect was extraordinarily important. Like my dad was very lenient, but only strict on respect. And the, your tone, the way you spoke, the words you said—they mattered, and you needed to be intentional with words. So, like, if someone is barbing you with words and things. Anyone, uh, let's just say my sister-in-law, uh, okay, okay, okay. Well, let, let me share something, Rick. There's, there's a, your, your voice is splattering. Your vo I'm just being candid. The, 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 uh, uh, the, the the audio is kind of splattering. We may try to reconnect and see if that could uh, clear up whatever is causing the um, the 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 audio. Because I want to hear what you're having to say. Um, by the way, respect is huge, and that is a gift that you give to others. There are people who are disrespectful at times, and you can't always control what another person does. But I, I have uh, said, because I can think of people who've been disrespectful toward me, and I, I would think, okay, even if I'm treated with disrespect, that doesn't keep me from giving respect to them. And so don't let somebody else's inappropriate disrespect control you. You can always be in control of you speaking respectfully, acting respectfully. That's just a thought. Let's see, did we clear up uh, the audio? Uh, talk, talk to me more. Yeah. Go, go back to, to what you were trying to say because unfortunately uh, the audio splattered. So I want to hear what you said. Okay. You, say, say it again. Uh, well, I said I was raised in a household that respect was very emphasized, and the words you said and all those things were very important. Mm -hmm. So I'm dealing with, in my life now, people just being intentionally rude and, like, trying to hurt my feelings and get a, get a negative response out of me so they can make other people believe the, what they're saying about me. Mm. Um, mm. Okay. If that makes sense. And uh, how important is if, when you say people can be intentionally rude, how important is, like, when you think of the chief rude person, um, how important is that person in your life, the one who's being most rude to you? Uh, not extraordinarily important, but they mm -hmm. are married to someone who's important to me. Ah, okay. Well, 
I want you to think of people who are rude are, if you will, out of control. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because healthy people, um, conscientious people, effective people aren't rude, correct? I would agree. Okay. Therefore, you have a choice. You can be in, uh, you can be controlled by their rudeness. But what I would say is, when you think of that person, there's something wrong. There's something wrong when people are rude because, first of all, they're going to be opposed. They're going to bring up that it'll be very difficult for them to have healthy relationships. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Okay. So instead of it impacting you, if you were to say to yourself, you see that person and you think, hmm, there's something broken. By the way, broken people, what do they need? They need to be healed. Uh, think of it yeah. as a broken, th think of a, an item that is broken. Sometimes you can glue things together, parts that are broken. Uh, it depends on what it is. It'd be, it's hard to fix a piece of china. Now, you can have, there are all kinds of glues. There's wood glue. There is porcelain glue. But it requires the right kind of glue if you have any ability to be a part of the solution for that person. But you start with the truth. The truth is, it isn't about you. A rude person, they're, they're revealing something about them. And, and you can literally say, thank you God that I don't have to be this way. And I'm choosing not to be rude back. I'm going to choose to see this person as broken. Do you have a heart for people who are hurting and broken? You want to throw them a lifeline, but sometimes you just don't know how. Lifeline to Hope is a brand new, one-of-its-kind caregiver training designed just for you. Using video-based instruction from leading experts, plus relevant case studies and interactive exercises, you can discover how to effectively provide support, encouragement, and spiritual care. The ultimate goal is to connect lives in crisis with a new or renewed life in Christ. This 10-week Lifeline to Hope program can train and deploy a small, effective group of caregivers in your church and community. Be the person in your church that brings together caregivers to become better equipped to meet the hurting. Discover more at lifelinetohope.org. lifelinetohope.org. 
If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of hope for the heart, and we'd like to thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. If you have uh, questions or concerns about the topic of anger, just call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to help you with uh, that resource or any other that might be helpful for you if you're looking into some other issue in your life or maybe in the life of someone else you care about. You can get some resources, put some materials into their hands that will help them. You can do that. And uh, the number, again, 800 800- 488 Hope, the keys for living we recommend tonight called Anger, Facing the Fire Within. And the customer support is at 800-488-4673. That's 800-488-HOPE. If you prefer to email them, you may do so at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. Ask any questions you have. Maybe there's a resource we mentioned here and you didn't quite catch the title. Uh, You can just ask them about what uh, you would like to take a look at, what topics you'd be interested in, and they'll help you to order the right resources. Again, that's customer support at hopefortheheart.org. Now let's return to our conversation with Rick. Well, Rick, you have have, um, identified something that is a challenge because when somebody in your life, and it doesn't have to be someone who you're strongly close to, um, but somebody is in your life who is being rude to you, you know that, first of all, they're off base. This is not... This is not healthy. And that means in the future, uh, that's going to turn around and bite them. In other words, if they maintain being, you, you would not be the only one who would be a victim of the rudeness. Do you think that's safe to say? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Everywhere, work, out and yeah. about. People are rude all the time. Yeah. So, um, I what I want to say to you personally is there is a scripture that is uh, very important to guard yourself with. 
And that scripture is Proverbs 4, 23. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And I want you to um, be able to not only write that down, but, but like in your Bible, I want you to underline it. Because if, if God's Word says above all else, you can see the significance. If it's, if it's that significant that we read, above all else, guard your heart, that means when somebody is rude to you, not only do you not uh, respond in kind, but it will help you to say, there's something wrong with anyone who is rude. Obviously, that person needs a changed life. And that means you may not be the cause of the change of the life, but you say, Lord, I pray that one day so-and-so will have a changed life for their good. You see, it's very clear. We've all blown it. We've all sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have chosen wrong. Now, some people, they are not, quote-unquote, convicted that they're wrong. And, you know, I, I, I can think of certain people in my family. Uh, my dad never ever admitted he was wrong and he was arrogant and had multiple women and all that. And, and I tell you, at one time I was controlled by his, in this case, rudeness I, I would I never use that term for him, but at times he would just lash out, and I just would think, oh, but he would hurt my mom. Uh, but he he could just lash out at anybody, and I could not understand why he would do this. I mean, he hurt people, and so uh, I I was impacted, and I'll tell you what. I, I, there was a point at which I became a true, authentic Christian, and I still had difficulty uh, with the forgiveness part. And then later, I saw a scripture, pray for those who persecute you. Oh, pray for those who persecute you. Rick, I had never thought of that. I didn't pray for him to have a changed life. I had now had a... I knew inside I invited Jesus to come into my life, to take control of my life, 
and I started changing. I didn't change me. The Lord changed me. I didn't even know oh, I yeah. needed to change. I mean, I had no idea I needed to change. It shows you how clueless I was. But to to realize the Bible doesn't say, you know, attack your enemy. Uh, it's pray for those who persecute you. Now, pray. This is this is going to be important. Pray. Pray for those who persecute you doesn't mean, oh, God, I just pray you'll bless them. No. Uh, I did, I did, it would not be, um, actually, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be appropriate for my dad to continue to be the way he was. So I finally began to pray for him. I saw him as because he had not been in church for like 40 years except for weddings and funerals, his own admission. He clearly did not have any relationship with Christ. He said, I'm not a Christian. I don't have to go by Christian ethics. He said, Christianity is a crutch. And initially, you know, I, I, I wasn't a Christian either. But then when I became a Christian, I thought, I began to be willing to have compassion that he did not know the truth at all. Uh, the truth about God, the truth about himself, um, and why he would just lash out at people. Now, he was a president of a company, so he had authority and a type of power, but I didn't respect. I'm I'm not into power people. I don't I don't respond just because somebody has power. In fact, usually I, I because I saw an abuse of power. Does that make sense? To see yeah. abuse of power. Okay, so I needed to see that scripture. Pray for those who persecute you. Because I never even thought I would have any... Uh, in fact, I only was looking at the negative. I focused on his fault. And I, I will tell you what actually occurred. One day, he had just been cruel toward my mom, verbally just cutting her down or whatever. And I, I was watching what happened. He left the room... I went up to my mom and I said, Mom, I said, how can you be so nice to him? And I had clenched teeth. I was angry at how he treated her. And she had recently had these people at this new church that we went to who wanted to teach her the Bible. And they got around her. She was learning all kinds of truth, biblical truth. And she said, oh, honey, he doesn't know the Lord. If he only knew the Lord, he wouldn't be that way. And I was so stunned at her response. I thought, she's not focusing on his fault. She's focusing on his need. I 
instead was focusing on his fault. And I was trying to build a case of why he needed to change. But I had a critical spirit. I didn't think I did. I didn't know. I didn't even know the term critical spirit. But what I'm saying is, like, she didn't focus on his rudeness. She focused on his need to have a changed life. And as such, I learned from her, I don't need to be controlled by my father in terms of his negativity. And and I uh, later uh, learned that I needed to figure out how do I talk to him. And uh, part of the, my figuring it out was first I did, the man said to me, June, what percentage wrong do you think you are in your relationship? And I thought, hmm, how interesting. I said, 2%. And and I and I I really meant it because I I couldn't I wasn't thinking that I was wrong. Uh, and so that he said, okay, so your your father is ninety eight percent wrong. This is a doctor who <clears throat> um, uh, was talking with me. At this point, by the way, I was a youth director. Didn't plan on being a youth director, but all of a sudden. Here is this man talking with me. He said, well, are you, are you responsible for your 2% of being wrong? Never thought of it. Never thought of that. And I said, well, yes, I am. And he challenged me to think about what would God have me do with my 2% of wrong. And so when we come back, I'll tell you what I did. Because I did go to my father. I asked if I could talk with him. And when we come back, I will share what I said. If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. 
or grateful for your prayers and support. And we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually, they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God himself, and he's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. listening to Hope in the Night. I'm Jeff Oliver, and uh, we'll get back to our caller in a moment. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources. I want to recommend the Keys for Living called Anger, Facing the Fire Within. There's also a book that June has written. It's called The Answer to Anger, and those and many other resources are available by calling customer support at 800-488-HOPE. 800-488-4673. If you'd like to speak with June about something going on in your life, maybe it is a conflict within your home or a work situation, or maybe you have a, a theological question you've always wanted to deal with, uh, anything else going on in your life, and you'd like some direction on that, uh, some some biblical hope, practical help applied to your situation, just give us a call at 800 800- Night 17, 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. And when you call, leave a detailed message for us. We'll get back to you and talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night. That's 800-Night-17, 800-644-4817. Maybe you think it's just a small question, or maybe you're not ready to be on a live program with us, so that's fine too. Just send your email question to askjune at hopefortheheart.org. That's askjune at hopefortheheart.org. And we'd love to address your question on an upcoming Hope in the Night. We look forward to that. Well, let's get back to our call tonight now with Rick. Rick, I'm wanting to address what you said about people who are intentionally rude. And by the way, rude people are intentional. (laughs) You know, there's no question. It's not just an accident. And so what I'm saying is a person who is intentionally rude they there's something broken within them there there's something wrong and they're not going to they're not going to do well they they won't accomplish the reason for god creating them because at times they will self destruct or at times they will, I'm going to use the term, blow up the potential of healthy relationships because healthy people don't 
gravitate to having a positive relationship with rude people because already they'll blow it up. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, so so what do we do when we have someone rude? Um, well, I, in this case, I was telling you about my uh, my dad, and yes, I was too, I admitted to 2% wrong, and I was challenged, well, aren't you responsible for your 2%? And I said, yes. So I thought, okay, how have I, um, well, specifically, what, what have I done or not done with, in regard to my 2%? And I thought, I had said, as a youth director, that the most painful thing for a parent can be an ungrateful child. The most painful for a, a parent, a mother or a father, is an ungrateful son or daughter. Because they don't recognize all the sacrifices that were made. They, they, they have no kids. Kids don't have a concept. And uh, even young adults, they don't know. Uh, uh, maybe until they might become parents that would they begin to grasp. But the point is, I, I thought, how have I been ungrateful? And so I went to my dad and I said, May I speak with you? And he said, yes. And then uh, I said, I realize I've been an ungrateful daughter. I have not ever thanked you for a roof over my head, for books for school, and food on the table. I have been ungrateful would you be willing to forgive me? My dad had a newspaper in his hand, opened, he never shut it, but he was looking at me and there was a pause and then he said something that didn't even sound like him. It was totally uncharacteristic. He said, the pleasure was all mine and then he went right back to the newspaper I thought the pleasure was all mine. I mean that. I mean because I, it, there was no pleasure. I don't think in our relationship. <laughs> and um, all I can tell you is something, and I didn't recognize it for a while, but something changed in the dynamic of our relationship. But I also had realized the scripture that I quoted, pray for those who persecute you, the first part of that in Matthew <clears throat> is love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. And I couldn't understand that. Love your enemies. That, 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 I thought nobody can do that. But what that meant to me was some kind of emotional love. But if it's agape love, agape love is the highest form of love in Greek. And there are four different kinds of love that we don't have in English. 
for this that for their one word for our one word love there are four different types the first the highest form would be agape that means not emotion it's more devotion being devoted to do what is in the best interest of the other person do what is in the best interest of the other person and uh, I thought, oh, okay, so that's the love your enemies. What could I do that would be most loving toward my dad? And so that from that point on, I started trying to think, what could I do? And I remember first time I thought, well, he's always misplacing this address book. And he had a fat address book. As a president of a company, he had all these employees and all these people. And um, I remember it was a red kind of pl- vinyl, plastic kind of a, a, a address book with phone numbers and all. And so, but he would go, where's my address book? Where's my address book? And uh, I, so I thought, I'm going to find it. And if he says it. I will know where it is. So I found it in the house. It was in his bedroom. And so he did the, where's my address book? And I said, I know where it is, Dad. I'll go get it. I said it very softly and just slid out from my chair at the dinner table. And then I went. I knew exactly where to go, brought it back, and I just laid it to his side didn't say anything and he looked at me and it's almost like it, he, he was totally surprised at my attitude because it wasn't uh, in any way combative and uh, it's, like, it's like his teeth fell out and they were chattering not really but <clears throat> I think he was I, I do think he was a little surprised. He he didn't say anything. But I began to look for ways that I could be loving. Again, loving as in seeking the highest good. And But it began by me asking forgiveness. And so what I would say is, it, if you feel <clears throat> there's anything that this person that you're you're thinking about who's intentionally rude is there anything that you could identify where you might need to where you could ask forgiveness there may be nothing or there could be something but you could say if there is something i've come to realize i've been wrong Toward you, and I would like to ask forgiveness for. Would you, and you ask it as a question. It's not just, I'm saying, I'm sorry. No, there are a lot lot of people, if you say, I'm sorry, they'll say, Well, yeah, I agree with you. You sure are sorry. Um, No, turn it into, I've come to realize I was wrong. Would you be willing to forgive me? And be specific about what it is. And if they are willing to say, yes, I forgive you, 
then fine. Or if they say, oh, it doesn't matter, say, no, it does matter. Don't accept anything like, well, it doesn't matter. Say, no, it does matter. Would you be willing to forgive me? And if they were to say, no, I won't, then say, I understand. I understand. I just pray one day you would be able to forgive me. And then, and, and so then you see, um, but basically what we're doing is we're taking, I, I think sometimes that a person will have, I call it a burr under the saddle. If you imagine a saddle on a horse and imagine that blanket, well, let's say there's a burr under the saddle blanket. And you don't even know what it is. You could you could say if what where you if you ask forgiveness, you could say, "Is there anything else that I it would mean a lot to me if you would tell me? Is there something that you would identify that I need to ask forgiveness for?" And that might surprise okay. the other person. Because, see, you might not know what that burr under the saddle is. And you may not even, you may never think about it unless that person were to say, identify what was offensive to them. And then you repeat back the very words that they said. And you say, what you said is this. Is that right? And then, then... You address that, and you say, would you be willing to forgive me? And is there anything, and then you say, is there anything else? Until finally, there isn't anything else. But sometimes you can take, you can remove that burr under the saddle. Sometimes uh, there can be no change. But realize, a person who is rude, they're hurting themselves. This isn't healthy. And so you continue to pray for those who persecute you. I believe you will find that it will keep you from <coughs> reacting. Because expect, what, what do rude people do? They are rude toward others. So you expect them to continue. That's who they are. Not that they couldn't change, and they can change. You can't change them, but you can provide at least the opportunity. I'm proud of you, Guy. I hear that you're hearing me. You continue to hang on to hope. We will send our Keys for Living called Forgiveness. Releasing you is freeing me. We'll send that to tonight's caller, And we do that free of charge. That's because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. And we thank you for that. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.